Amen. Thank you, Brother Carl. If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to the Gospel of Mark. We're in Mark chapter 14, and we're going to look at verse beginning in verse uh, 53 this morning. A lot of uh, times it's hard to tell the difference between truth and lies, isn't it? Uh, there are, this morning I uh, given, uh, I said, you know what? I want a donut today. Now, they, they say, you know what? If you're going to lose weight and eat healthy, you can't eat donuts. But you know what? That's not true. Now, you can't eat donuts every meal, every day, and be healthy. But an occasional donut, in fact, is probably pretty good for you because your body, it needs carbs. And it needs a little bit of sugar. Now, too much carbs or too much sugar will cause big, big problems. But, you know, and, you know, we probably all uh, remember uh, when... You know, butter fell out of fashion. And boy, if you ate butter, your heart was going to seize up and you were going to die when you were 30. Well, now, they say the margarine will kill you faster than the butter will. And it's more harmful because, you know, butter is natural. Now, again, too much butter, not good for you. But we all know a little bit of real butter on some warm homemade bread. Mm, 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 mm. Now, now that I've made you all hungry, uh, let's get through the servant. But you know, sometimes, it, it, again, it's hard to tell. Because most lies have some truth contained in them. And so sometimes it's hard to separate. But Jesus, throughout his ministry, and we're going to see in this episode as he faces a fake trial, Jesus understands the importance of the truth. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And so let's pick up in Mark, chapter 14. uh, We're we're going to read verses 53 through 72 uh, this morning. It says, and as they led uh, Jesus away to the high priest, and with him were assembled all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. But Peter followed him at a distance right in uh, to the courtyard of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and all of the council sought testimony against Jesus to put him to death but found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimonies did not agree. Then some rose up and bore false witness against him, saying, We've heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with hands, and within three days I will build another made without hands. But not even then did their testimony agree. And the priest stood up in the midst 
and asked Jesus, saying, Do you answer nothing? What is it that these men testify against you? But he kept silent and answered nothing. And again the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with uh, the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, What further need do we have of witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him to be deserving of death. Then some began to spit on him, and they blindfolded him, and to beat him, and to say to him, Prophecy! And the officers struck him with the palms of their hands. Now as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You were also with Jesus of Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you are saying. And he went out on the porch, and a rooster crowed. The servant girl saw him again and began to say to those who stood by, This is one of them. But he denied it again. And a little later, those who stood by said to Peter again, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean, and your speech shows it. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. A second time, the rooster crowed. Then Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he thought about it. He wept. We find here some big lies. And we all know that in this world, there's no... Here's the bulletin right here. Anyway. So we all... This world's full of... And it's not hard to find lies. And it's not hard to find people that are willing to tell lies for the right price. People haven't changed over these centuries. We're still the same sinful, fallen creatures that walked the earth when Jesus walked the earth. And so these high priests, the Sanhedrin, the religious and community leaders had plotted to get rid of Jesus. Now this was the middle of the night. Most people are in bed sleeping. And yet we find here at the high priest's house a gaggle of liars. They're ready to say, but the thing is, they couldn't tell the same lie. They were all telling different stories. And we know that the the Old Testament scriptures say, you know what, unless two witnesses agree, you know, somebody can't be found guilty and deserving of death. And so they couldn't find, even though they they paid these men to to lie, had plotted beforehand. Uh, So this was a lie. This trial was a lie. Uh, because they'd already determined what was going to happen. 
They already determined they were going to find reason to put this fellow named Jesus to death so they didn't have to deal with him anymore. Now, they didn't want to, you know, have Jesus' blood on their hands. They said, well, we're going to find somebody else that will lie, and then we're going to turn him over to the Roman governor and let him sentence him to death. So our hands are clean. But that's flawed thinking. That was a lie. And it reminds us how devastating and how destructive lies are. And so I want us to see a couple things about lies this morning. First, that lies will destroy. Lies, like all sin, and the Bible calls lying a sin. In fact, Paul says, and he lists folks that wouldn't enter the kingdom of heaven. Murderers are in that uh, list. So are gluttons and liars. But, and Paul says, listen, some of you used to be that, but you're not anymore because you've been saved by the grace of God and your life has been changed. But the only thing that sin can do is destroy. Though it always looks appealing and it seems like, and, and you know, it, it, sin always looks attractive and lying looks attractive. Listen, sometimes it's like if we tell the truth, it'll cause more harm. One little lie can't be all that harmful. See, that's how the devil works. He makes us think it's really not so bad. But the truth is, it doesn't matter how small the lie is, it's still sin and it still will destroy. It's like viruses. Viruses are very, very small. You can't see them even with the naked eye. Even some microscopes you can't see a virus because they're so small. And yet, especially over the last few years, haven't we found that viruses can be very deadly? Because those little viruses, they don't stay little. They multiply. And they, can, you know, they multiply, so there's more and more and more and more and more of them. And that's what lying does, see, because when you tell one lie, then you've got to, cut, you've got to tell another lie to cover up the lie that you told. And before long, the reality is you can't remember what lie you told. It's a, and that's how a lot of people get trapped up. That's how the police catch a lot of criminals. Because they just let them talk. And most of the time when they talk, they reveal the truth. Unintentionally, most of the time. Understand, lies will destroy. That was their intention. The high priest, who by the way knew the Old Testament prohibition against lying and the standard that God's people were supposed to be truthful and honest. It wasn't just Jesus putting up a new thing when he told his disciples and sort let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you don't have to swear an oath. The people just know that when you give your word, you're speaking the truth. That wasn't new with Jesus. That was an Old Testament teaching that they didn't do a very good job of living by. And so, Jesus said, 
nothing when these false witnesses. Now, that's not human nature. Most of us, if somebody's lying about us, it makes us mad. And we want to sling mud and we want to attack and... And that's sinful human nature that all of us have. But Jesus answered not a word. In fact, the high priest knows. He said, listen, aren't you going to say anything about these people accusing you and what they're saying? Jesus just kept quiet. And then the high priest asked a pointed question. And it was a question the high priest knew the answer to because he had seen the miracles that Jesus had done. And he knew all the prophecy of the Old Testament that talked about how God was going to send a Redeemer. And he knew that Jesus Christ had fulfilled all of those prophecies and was about to fulfill some more in just a day and will fulfill the rest when he comes again. A second time. And so he says, tell me, are you the Christ? Are you the son of the blessed? And that was a play on words, a figure of speech, so they didn't have to name the name of God. They were so concerned about holiness of God and that they wouldn't even mention his name, but they had absolutely no problem ignoring the law that God had given them to get rid of somebody they didn't like. We'll noodle on that for a minute. Jesus said, he finally said, and left no doubt or room for interpretation, he said, I am. And they said, in fact, you're going to see the Son of Man, which was another designation from the book of Daniel. That when Daniel was talking about the Messiah that would come. Jesus had always understood who he was and why he had came. He kept it fairly quiet and didn't come out and overtly proclaim it, but he knew that the hour had come. And so he said, yeah, you better believe that I am. But here's some kernel of truth that these witnesses said, this man said that he was going to destroy the temple and then build it back again in three days. That's not what he said. Jesus said, you tear this building down and I'll raise it back. Now, Jesus was talking about his body because they're going to kill Jesus in just a minute but he's not going to stay dead. They kill him on Friday, but on Sunday morning, he's alive again. And he's at the right hand of the Father. Then we find not just these that are outside of Jesus' circle telling lies. Peter, who had just a few hours ago wanted to protect Jesus. You remember he took a sword and chopped off the high priest's servant's ear, Malchus. And Jesus rebuked him, put his ear back on. Peter, you know, bless his heart. He had 
fire for the Lord, but he was also man. And he opened his mouth several times before he thought, just like all of us do. But even lies trapped Peter. One of the servant girls there for the high priest said, Hey, you're, you're one of those fellows that walked with Jesus. I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't understand you. But Peter understood very well. And then that happened two more times. He denied Jesus three times. Even that was a lie. He even cursed in verse 71. And he doesn't mean he said a curse word. What it meant was he swore. He took an oath. Knowing he was lying. And when he did that the third time, guess what happens? A rooster crows again. Now, we don't know if Peter heard the first rooster crow, but he definitely heard the second one. And when he heard the second one, he remembered what Jesus had said to him, and he wept. Peter had resolved. Peter had earlier in the Gospels was the one that declared, You are the Christ. And now he denies even knowing Jesus. Just one little lie can destroy everything else that took a long time to build. But here's the reality that lies will surely destroy, but also lies will be exposed. Because you see, eventually, the truth always comes out. Peter had hide to try hide the truth. The high priest had tried to hide the truth. But eventually, even Roman guards would look at Jesus as he hung on the cross after he had breathed his last life. And one of those soldiers, as recorded in the gospel, says, Surely this man was the Son of God. Surely he was who he said he was. You see, eventually, and Scripture says that the day will come when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The high priest understood that truth. He he knew. And the Sanhedrin knew who Jesus was. Because only God could forgive sin. Only God could bring people to life. Only God could do the miracles that Jesus had done. They understood the scriptures. They knew that, you know, Malachi had said that the Savior would be born in a little town called Bethlehem. They knew that's where Jesus was born. And so... Lies will eventually be exposed. Jesus knew Peter would deny him. And by the way, yet Peter went on to become a great leader in the early church and preached perhaps one of the greatest evangelistic sermons ever in just a little while in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. 
and then goes on to become a foundational leader in the early church. But understand this, the truth comes out. Lies will always be exposed. That the truth always eventually does come out. No matter how much money you throw at it or how many false witnesses you, you know, pile up to make the case look good, lies will always be exposed for what they are. And it's true in our spiritual life as well. There's lies that we tell ourselves that we're okay. We're really not that bad. We all know that's a lie. We all know the truth of what Paul says. You know what he said? My goodness, it's like filthy, dirty rags. But when the blood of Jesus, this is the truth that exposes that lie, when the blood of Jesus gets on those filthy rags, that blood of Jesus makes those filthy rags white as snow. In other words, that blood of Jesus covers my filth. It covers my sin. It covers my guilt. Satan likes to use the lie, I've done too much bad, there's no way God can forgive me. I've had people tell me that. So preacher, I believe, I hear the gospel that you've shared with me, but I, you don't know the bad that I've done in my life. You see, I don't have to know the bad in your life. God does. And God says, yeah, it's bad, it's ugly, it's stinky. But the blood of my son can cover it. And make the you white as snow. Lies will always be exposed. That's why Jesus talked about living in the truth. That's why the New Testament talks about walking in the truth. And walking in the light. And speaking the truth. And living the truth. Because here's the thing. No matter how bad the truth is. You don't have to keep a diary to know what, it, what the truth is. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to keep a record of it. Because it's the truth. And so that brings us to our conclusion of the matter. And this is that. The truth will always win in the end. The truth will always win. Though it looks like lies and deceit, and listen, the, the New Testament te calls Satan the father of lies. He's good at it. And the reality is most of us get pretty good at it. We all have more practice than we should with it. But here's the thing. We need to understand and realize that no matter how pretty lies may seem to be, they will only destroy. And understand this, that eventually those lies will come to light. But understand the reality of this truth, that truth always wins out in the end. God knows the truth. He is the truth. And He will guide us in the ways of truth. So yes, Jesus 
was the Son of God. He was the promised Messiah. And though the high priests and the Sanhedrin had paid lots of witnesses to testify contrary to that, the truth came out. And in fact, even in their fake mock trial, the truth didn't stand up. They couldn't even get the people to tell the right lie. Or the same lie. Because truth always wins in the end. And here's the reality that these high priests and the Sanhedrin and Peter and even Judas and all the other folks we find in Mark chapter 14 were part of God's plan. Not that God caused it, but God knew it was going to happen. And knew that it had to happen. He knew that he had to come with sinless blood to pay a sin debt for mankind because there was no way that they could find new life with God without it. And so what Satan meant for evil, just like back in the book of Genesis, you remember Joseph and his brothers? They sold, Joseph's brother sold him into slavery. And then lied to their father, said, oh, the animal came and killed him. They had bloody clothes to prove it, the coat of, of many colors that had made his brother so jealous. But guess what? A few years later, famine came. And they said, Think, they got a lot in Egypt. Boys, go down to Egypt and get some corn. So they do, and guess who they had to go see? The Pharaoh's second in command. And they went, and they walked in, and they stood dead in their tracks because it was the brother. Oh, we are in big trouble. But the brother ran and hugged his brothers and blessed them and gave them food and remember that they brought their dad even down to Egypt and imagine that conversation with dad. Now understand truth will always be revealed and truth always wins. The truth is Jesus was who he said he was. And he accomplished what he came to accomplish. To shed his innocent blood. Peter was not innocent. The high priest was not innocent. The Sanhedrin was not innocent. But Jesus was. And so he did something that was very anti-human. He kept his mouth shut. And he didn't answer and didn't attack. Even when they had attacked Jesus and mocked him. And by the way, even that was prophesied in Scripture in the Old Testament. 
So understand the reality of the truth, that truth always wins in the end. And there's no doubt now, because not to spoil the story for us, I told you before about me skipping to the end of the mystery novel sometimes, see who did it, um, and then I go back and finish, and, and act and pretend to be surprised when I get there at the end the second time, even though I knew what was going to happen. Maybe it won't ruin the story for you. You already probably know how it ends. That they do end up crucifying Jesus. And they do bury him. In fact, one of the men that was on the Sanhedrin, his name is Joseph. And after Jesus is crucified on the cross, Joseph goes and asks for Jesus' body. Because Joseph understood the truth of what Jesus said. And I, hope, I, I think those actions indicate he, he repented. Joseph, I, th- uh, I think, repented. We don't know that for sure, but I suspect he did. And we know that because the book of Acts tells us that a lot of the priests became Christians, became believers. And so, yes, Friday happened, but Sunday morning happened as well. And Jesus didn't stay dead. He is alive. And the Scripture tells us now today sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. What a team captain to have on your team. So the end of the story reminds us the truth always wins in the end. So do not believe Satan's lies. Lies are of Satan. Lies have no place in the child of God and in the church of God. Lies only destroy and hold us in bondage, but the truth sets us free. And so if we know the truth, then the Word of God says you walk in the truth. And live the truth. And be the truth. And I hope that God will help. Because the only thing that can counter lies is the truth. And truth, by the way, as we close, I promise I'm only going to chase this right for a second before I catch it. The truth is the truth regardless of whether we accept it or not. We can deny the truth all day long. Don't change the If it's true, it's true. It's not dependent on us. It's just dependent on being true. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the truth that you are the Son of God. That you gave your innocent blood for my guilty, filthy rags. And not just mine, but all the whosoever's in the world. That whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Lord, this world is full of lies. And Father, we don't need lies. We need the truth. And we need a revival of truth. 
we are so often held in bondage by the lies of Satan. Lies that only destroy. But God, we know that you are the truth. We know that truth always wins in the end. God, the most important truth we need to understand is we are all guilty. We are all sinners that deserve to spend eternity in hell. But we also need to understand another truth that you love us so much that you made a way for us to escape those lies. God, help us to walk in the truth. Help us to embody the truth. Your truth. That others might see that just as your, the truth, your son, has changed us, it can change them as well. Because we were reminded of that verse in John eight thirty two that we shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That we also need to hear and proclaim verse 36 that comes later. That if the Son has set you free, then you are free indeed. God, if we're saved, then we are free from the bondage of sin. And though the lies of Satan want to keep us bound and keep us defeated, we know there's victory through the blood of Jesus. Help us to walk in that today, we pray. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this old hymn. It is only by the blood of Jesus that any of us have any hope. Friend, you better never, ever forget that. If you're a child of God and you're saved and you've been covered by that blood, never get over the fact and never, ever forget that nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away your sin. Not your goodness. You can't be good enough. You can't get to the place in this life where you don't need the gospel, and you don't need forgiveness. In fact, the reality is we never outgrow our need for a Savior. Let's sing together this